everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the editor-in-chief here at Android Central, and I have my lovely friends with me today, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello, hello. Howdy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, actually. I'm not... I am tired, which is my standard response, but I am actually... I'm pleasantly happy today. Things are good. Yeah, that'll change. Yeah, that's Which true. is your standard response. I love, <laughs> love that. I've got Nick Sutrick with me. Hello, Nick. I, uh, hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> I almost forgot to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all the traveling you've been doing, I can't imagine. I've, I've been um, in New York too many times recently. I'm, I'm looking forward to not going back for a while. Thanks. <laughs> And I've got Andrew Myrick. Hello, hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Um, actually, before we continue, Nick, I don't know if you heard. So obviously, well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But um, on the on another completely side note topic of things, um, it's Paris Fashion Week, or I guess it, it was happening last week, and there was a lot of creators and like designers and whatever. They they were all in Paris, and they were they were you know going to all these shows, and apparently. There was a weird outbreak of bed bugs. Yeah. And so everyone on TikTok is talking about bed bugs from Paris. And there was a lot of people in New York who were like, you know, it doesn't matter here because like it's New York, like whatever. But hopefully you don't incur any bed bugs after going to New York, you know. Goodness. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for sharing that now, because I was just in New York last week too. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Just make sure you check for you any. Know, you know what? It rained enough to get rid of the bed bugs. So hey, I think we're good. That, that's true. That, that's I think true. you're good. Yeah. Well, we had a jam-packed week uh, this past weekend. This uh, the week before, actually, it was. Uh, I mean, it's Techtober. It's in full full speed. There's a lot of launches happening. A lot of things happening. Don't don't say that word again. Techtober. Yes, that, that you did it. Just don't say that. That's that's what, Techtober. Techtober. My, my yeah, sole purpose right. is to irritate Jerry. That's all I'm here for. That means if, if you say that word, you're a loser. Why? That's all I've got. Because it's just another manufactured bull thing. That they're going to do it next year, and then it's going to get bigger and bigger, and then Amazon is going to make me have to work more. Well, they, all, they, they already are, but I mean, I, I feel, but I feel like Techtober, Techtober has already been in existence for many, many years. So I don't think it really makes a difference if we say it or yeah, not. They're, they're pushing it down our throat. They're evil. They're going to make more work for me somehow. Please don't do it. <laughs> well, anyways, it was Techtober this last. This, <laughs> terrible. Perfect. Oh, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, um, J- yeah. Jerry has left the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, obviously, we, there was a, you know, launches are in full swing and we're expecting more to happen in the coming weeks. Um, but let's start off strong with what happened yesterday. We're recording on Thursday, October 5th. And as you all know, on Wednesday, October 4th, it was the fall Pixel event. And of course, we have a bunch of new devices. We have the new Google Pixel 8, the Google Pixel 8 Pro, the Google Pixel Watch 2, and a whole bunch of new cool things that have been launched by Google. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to start off. Actually, before we get to the devices, I want to just talk about how things went down this year because I thought it was quite interesting. So I, as I am based in Canada, in Toronto, um, Google Canada had a preview, basically a mini made by Google Pixel event on October 3rd. And I got a chance to go and see 
all the devices and take some pictures and everything. And then Nick was in New York for the actual event, in, you know, and he got to experience it. But, you know, Nick, tell us a little bit about that experience. I mean, like, I feel like it's always different or maybe it's similar every year. But was there anything particularly that stood out to you when you were in New York? Yeah. So this year, the event was at Pier 57, which I didn't know that that was Google's building. But yeah, like I walked in and I looked around and I'm like, there's an awful lot of googly knickknacks on the wall i uh, have yeah. for this to be just like a regular event and then somebody was like oh yeah google owns this whole building it's their offices i'm like oh cool i thought it was another building in chelsea but apparently not so seeing that building was awesome they had like a cafeteria in there and all the googly stuff that you would expect in a google building i don't know it was just it was a really nice event venue and it's it's always fun to go to some sort of Google-owned building, because I'm always surprised by, like, the amenities they give their employees and the, the way the space looks, and they just, they really go all out on an office, and I would say... It's a way to get you to work more, Nick. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, if, if I had to work in an office, I guess I would want to work in a Google office. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. they're pretty darn cool. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's probably the only way I would really ever want to go back to one. Yeah, I think I think the way we handled our event too was really fun and interesting too because because you were at this space, you were taking so many pictures, and Andrew was so amazing at uploading everything. And so, if you haven't seen some of those pictures, like he, we, you know, Nick, he, you did take a picture of the wall of knickknacks. Yeah. Um, and that was posted to our live blog. So if you haven't checked that out, I mean, go ahead and check it out. But it it was really cool to see. Like I I. I Definitely enjoyed some of the images you took for us. Yeah, and, and the way they had it set up was really nice, too, because you had, like, the presentation area, and then you go back to, like, the demo area, and the demo area was, like, a long hallway, and then they had several rooms where they were demoing oh, cool. the quadrillion features they announced yesterday, which was nice because it was, like, I got to experience that new um, automatic transparency mode, I forget what the name of it is, for the Pixel Buds. They had like, you know, three little uh, soundproof booths where they test this stuff in and you could step in and like cool. do your coffee order while you're listening to music. And, and you know, it works like it's supposed to. And uh, they had like the clear calling stuff. And then they had uh, like a whole workout area where people were working out with Pixel Watch 2s and showing like cool. how the heart rate works and all the other features. So it was like they did a really bang up job with the organization of that event and doing a great job of showcasing those features. Whereas I feel like a lot of events are kind of just like, they'll have product experts there, but not necessarily that much Very individual hands feature hands-on time, which was yeah. just really cool to see. That's really, really cool. I, and I'm glad that you got to go um, to the actual event, but yeah, I mean, you know, us, us losers at home who just watched it on the live stream, we didn't get that chance. But, you know, it's okay, Nick, whatever. It's fine. Hey, you know? I had COVID last year during this event, so I'm just <laughs> glad I didn't have it this year. I'm glad you didn't either. Um, you were steadfast in um, putting together both hands-ons. You published, we published both of yours, so the Pixel 8, which incorporates the Pixel 8 Pro as well. And then we also had the watch too. So let's start off with the uh, Pixel 8 hands-on, the AI powerhouse phone um and it, it is a beautiful phone you know i i played with it a little bit and it, it's got some really cool new features this year tell us your thoughts on it and and anyone else who wants to jump in with their thoughts on the new features for the phones go ahead all right so design wise especially on the pro google nailed it i love the way this phone feels uh i i don't know if i like the rounded corners or the matte glass better both of them are just excellent changes. 
the matte glass reminds me a lot of the iPhone 15 lineup. Um, very sm smooth, not shiny. Um, it, 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 I mean, I agree with you. It's very beautiful. Yeah, very, it, very beautiful. it feels to me like the Pixel 4, which as far as Pixel designs go, the Pixel 4 was my absolute favorite. Um, I love the camera bar of the 6 and the 7 series, but just overall, I loved the way the Pixel 4 felt when I held it. And this feels like almost the perfect mix of that Pixel 4 design and, you know, the, the, the different choice of design in the 6 and 7. Um, and I think the way they've redone the camera bar this year is also really nice. Uh, I, I really didn't like the camera bar in last year's. They swapped it out, the, the glass out for that metal. But, you know, like on the Pro, you had these all these different little circular module cutouts in the metal, and I thought it looked kind of weird. Uh, whereas this year it looks, again, somewhere in between the Pixel 6 and 7. So there's, especially on the Pro, there's more glass now because all the cameras are in one cutout from the metal. Um, and I just, I just think it looks nicer. Uh, the display is flat now, which, you know, that's going to be a huge deal for a lot of people. Um, I think some people did enjoy the curved display. I'm, I'm still not sure. I have about how I feel about them. I like them in one way. I don't like them in another. I still have a hard time finding any decent screen protector for curved displays. I know White Dome and some of these other ones exist, but they're typically more expensive. They're a pain to put on, right? Like, a lot of them aren't great. And, like, I've, I found some for the, the Galaxy S23 Ultra that look really good when you apply them, but they're not glass, so they don't protect the same way, right? It's like flat displays just work better for a lot of reasons so I'm, I'm glad they went that way i want to talk about the camera though because there's some really really awesome features um with the pro phone at least um and then obviously i i really want to talk about bard but that's a whole other discussion that we're going to get to in in shortly um but the phone's cameras are i feel like they're a, a massive upgrade especially allowing users to have those pro controls yes um i know you like taking a lot of photos do you find that this new feature is going to be helpful for you so the pro mode doesn't ship with the phone yet um so i can't test it it doesn't exist yet but it will be on the pro model eventually um with that said there are a lot more controls in the new camera ui than there ever were on a pixel phone um, I, I have to go through all of them for the review to, to detail them, but even just poking around in the UI yesterday at the hands-on, I was like, oh, wow, you can, you can actually now select, um, uh, the focus mode. So previously with, with pixels, uh, when you select like 5X zoom, you know, 3X zoom, whatever, it will automatically switch between the cameras it thinks are best, right? It does not actually let you pick the camera when you hit those buttons. On the Pixel 8 Pro, at least, I haven't looked at the, the regular 8, you can change it to actually mean when I hit the 5 or 10X or whatever, it switches to that camera and does not change back no matter what. That's cool. Which I, I personally prefer. It drove me crazy when I'd zoom in and then the phone was like, oh, no, you're looking at a foggy piece of glass. That's too close for the telephoto camera. We got to switch back to the main sensor. And then my picture ends up looking like crap, right? Because it... The, the the software is almost too smart for its own good. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's, a, there's more automation and also the ability to pull back the automation, which I really appreciate. Because I know 
that sort of thing has long been a problem in pixels. It's like, this is the experience Google wants for you and you don't really change it. And I feel like this is sort of part of that. Maybe we'll let you do some stuff, right? Like <laughs> we'll still leave the automatic stuff as default, but seeing those layers peeled back a little bit and giving users a little more control and customization is, is really nice. Mm-hmm. I want to look into the price of this phone because wasn't there a price increase? Is it just the 8 or the 8 Pro that also saw a price increase? I can't remember. Both of them have a $100 price increase. Okay. Um, so the 8 is $699. It was, you know, $599 last year. And then the Pro is $999. Do we agree with this price increase? Um, I would say yes, um, because I, like as far as build quality goes, like I said, I can feel the difference. These are built better. Uh, they're designed better. Like you can just tell they are better built phones. Tensor seems to be a lot better. Um, the, uh, the usual suite of improvements, right, are in there. But most importantly is the fact that we now have seven years of Android updates. And again, I... I, I, another thing I do want to talk about in, in just a second, but yeah, continue, continue. Yeah, I, I know Jerry laughs about it because, you know, Fairphone's been doing this for a while, but it's nice to see a, a big company supporting phones for this long. I just, it, it's been a long time coming, especially for Pixel phones. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of this is probably they're getting more control of their silicon and, now they can be the ones to to do the driver updates and all the other stuff that they previously had to rely on other companies for. Yeah. So that's that's part of why this is supported longer than the Pixel 7 would be, right? They can't just retroactively mm -hmm. do it because they don't have those agreements with their hardware partners. Well, we'll talk more about that. We they will. Most, we, yeah. They most certainly can. They just we, okay. we will. We'll get to that in just a second. But I, I want to just switch gears and talk about the Pixel Watch quickly because... There's two things that I really want to talk about in depth a little bit. And, and the first is Google Assistant finally getting the BARD upgrade and then Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro getting that seven-year um, support for okay, them. Okay, so we'll come back we'll, to those then. We'll come back to those two things. But let's talk about the Pixel Watch 2. Um, you, you know, Wait, uh, we didn't talk about the coolest thing on the phone. What, what's the coolest thing on the phone? The, oh, the temperature thing. The temperature thing. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I'd rather talk about magic eraser or whatever. <laughs> why, why don't you want to talk about the temperature thing? It's boring. How is it no, boring? No, it's not. Here, go, here, I, want to hear, I want to hear your side of it. Tell me why it's not boring. Because it's, it's on a phone that's completely open, and I guarantee you'll see an app that turns it into a free FLIR camera. It's going to turn it into a what? A FLIR camera, an infrared camera. Okay. That would be cool. Because it, it's not a temperature sensor to, like, measure if you've got COVID. Right. That, I think that's what a lot of people are assuming. It's not. It works in conjunction with the camera and, and grabs a heat map. Does the, does the Pixel have LiDAR, like a LiDAR sensor? No, I don't think so. For, for, for mapping? It, it uses, I, I don't know if it uses a time of flight or infrared. It uses something to gauge focus depth. I will ask about that. L last I checked, it was laser autofocus, but I'm not sure. That would be r really cool if they actually, if someone actually did, because those FLIR cameras are cool, but those, the phones that they're attached to plus the cameras by themselves are no thank you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and this being on a Pixel, it, Google has locked down 
you know, the Pixel when you compare it to the Nexus phones. But compared to every other phone on the market, it's wide open. And everything that uh, about how the hardware works is there for you to see and monkey with. The temperature thing is is cool. I mean, I know it, it's kind of seems a bit lame when you. It, yeah, Google's not doing anything with it. That's that's boring. I, I think I think that's probably what my issue was, is like they're like, oh, you can measure a cup of coffee or your baby's bottle. I mean, yeah, that's that's cool, but I don't want to pay one hundred dollars more for that. But I think it's, <laughs> no. it's there's a bigger picture. And, and actually, Jerry, that might be a great story idea for you. I mean, in the future. Yeah, let me find out exactly what they're doing with it and exactly what type of sensor it is and i can figure something out yeah i i think before we move on to the watch though i wanted to briefly discuss how many features are are being gate kept gate i don't know what what the word is there gatekeeped gatekeeped whatever whatever the that that term is gate kept and and it's obvious they're doing some of this because they make way more money on the pro right because for a long time now in the pixel series when we've had this like two model thing there's been like a $300 difference or whatever between the models. And you're like, why? Why Why am I paying $300 for a, a slightly larger screen and battery and like one extra camera? Like the, the price difference didn't really jive. Yeah. And I feel like part of this is them going, hey, guess what? When you spend $300 more, here's all the little stuff you get, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I think some of it may be due to thermals because a lot of the things that are uh, only on the pro model are very like ai centric right so like uh magic eraser improvements uh audio eraser yeah well i don't think audio eraser was i thought that was on both is it on both i can't remember there's just so uh, many yeah, features I, I have to, in any case there's a, a number of features like that that are like ai centric type of things that would obviously really stress that tpu and the tensor and i think you know some of it is thermals because you're going to have better thermals in a larger phone you just have more room for that sort of thing right um, yeah, ask Apple. Right. I mean, it, it, I just... I was making a joke because of how the big phone overheats. Yeah, I gotcha. I, and I'm hoping this one doesn't overheat like the, the last years. I, it probably will. We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm going to test it, so don't worry. <laughs> my only thing is, my only thing about this is, you know, it, I actually think it does make sense why you would gatekeep specific features for a pro model like i totally get it yeah and again back to what you were saying nick you know increased costs you know this is what you're getting for the phone etc cetera, etc cetera. but like what's what's the motivation there like do we know that there are more people who buy pixel 8s and google really wants people to buy to upgrade their pixel 8s to pixel like sorry like the base model to a pro model and they want to target more people to buy that device? Or, like, what's the motivation here? I, I don't know. I mean, again, my guess is just to push people into that, that higher-priced model because the margins are probably better. I, I'm, I'm sure there are technical issues. Uh, one, you talked about thermal performance. You could do everything on, on the smaller phone. You would just have to do it slower so it doesn't overheat. Right. Now, they could say, well, people won't like this slower experience, so we're protecting the user by not putting there. Or maybe they just want more money. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with more money. And I, I think, for me, the frustrating thing here is you have, and I don't know what percentage it is, but you have some percentage of users that want a smaller phone, right? They just want a smaller phone. And this year, Google gave people a smaller phone. It's, it's actually quite a few millimeters shaved off uh, each side 
for the smaller Pixel 8. I think it's like 5mm shorter, 3mm narrower, like, that's a noticeable difference when you're holding a phone next to each other, right? But then you're missing a lot of really important features. Like a better display. That's what really torqued me is the Super Actua display. Yeah, that was goofy Is too. only on the, the big phone. Why? Why not put a, the, the better display on the small one too? There's That's no stupid. reason for it. Like, I get that on, like, the 7A or the 8A or whatever, right? Like, mm -hmm. put the the lesser display on the cheaper series. I, I doubt it really is much of a difference. You know, it's mostly just a marketing thing. But still, if, if there's any difference at all, you should have put it on the small phone, too. Yeah. And, I mean, it, look, 2,000 nits, 2,400 nits. You know, you're searing your retinas anyway, so what's the difference? <laughs> I think my biggest problem is, like, I spent two grand... A couple months ago on the pixel fold jerry yeah. shut the hell up <laughs> and i fucker. and as far as i can tell we're getting none of these cool features like there's yeah. some like i think the generative ai wallpapers from a4 android 14 are coming in the qpr beta um but like all the camera stuff I'm not getting because you got an old phone, dog. Exactly, but that's you why shouldn't have bought I, that old piece of junk. I wanted to. You, okay, I'm going back to mute. I I really hope that for the Pixel Fold Two, that they just wait. I I don't want to see them debut another premium priced phone with an old processor like that again. I think no, it should be it's it should be the headline phone for the. G4, or whatever they want to call it. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make any sense that you know, people like you went and spent that money, and now you're going to end up getting stuck with, you know, uh, without the features. But the, the other side of that argument is Andrew's phone folds. That is a huge feature that you will never, ever see on a regular Pixel model. That's true. So you, you have the feature that no other Pixel is ever going to get. The other thing is, like, the the Pixel, out of the foldable phones that I have um, and can speak on, yeah. it's the best camera out of them all. I want all of that new, all those new features, but just give me some of them. They look awesome. Even if they, even if they hampered it to some extent, just, just don't make me feel like I wasted money and I have to go, I have to go spend money if I want you know, I've got a kid on the way. I care a lot about the cameras and these features that Google announced for the eight and eight pro are very enticing, but they're not coming to my right. $1,800 pixel fold. And, and you know, there's no reason, even if it's a little bit slower, wouldn't you rather have them? Yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. Just they, they should go the whole way back to the pixel six with those features. In my opinion, if it's a tens if it's a tensor chip, it should be there in some capacity. I agree. Right now, it's possible some of them will, because I know when they announced this, they specifically announced it as how, how did they phrase it? They didn't say Pixel Eight exclusive. They said coming first to the Pixel Eight, which means wait for a feature drop a few months down the line, and you'll probably have them. They just want to sell Pixel 8s for now while it's shiny and new. All right, I'm going to cut the conversation now and move on because I want to talk about other things. Okay, Pixel Watch 2, let's let's do the rapid fire here because honestly, like I would much rather talk about the seven-year update and Bard, but let's talk about Pixel 2 real quick. But before we do, I, I'm very intrigued by this headline that you gave, Nick, which is Google Pixel Watch 2 hands-on, finally fit to replace Fitbit. Which is interesting because 
I think we've had this conversation for many, many weeks now, however long it's been. You know, what is Google trying to tempt with Fitbit? Are they going to do something? Right. Yeah, they launched the Charge 6, which is like, mm, you know, what are they going to do with Fitbit? I'm curious to know if you really do think so, that this will replace Fitbit. I don't know if it will. I don't think it will, because I think the Pixel Watch is more of a luxury slash lifestyle branded type of watch similar to an apple watch whereas fitbit is very much catered to a specific audience so i'm curious to know why you think this is there's also more to that that i'll i'll wait till after next on okay so when i'm saying that i'm talking about um fitbit smart watches right stuff like the okay oh lord i just thought forgot the name of it whatever they're whatever the, they're vers- the versa in a sense too. yeah yeah this you sense okay that's enough <laughs> Like, I thought that was the name. Wait, was that the... Whatever, anyway. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to replace those, okay? Okay. And, yep. you know, functionality-wise, obviously, Wear OS is way more competent than anything Fitbit has used. It has apps. It has all sorts of other things. Um, the way they have improved the health sensors on this and the way they're now aggregating the data and giving you a UI that actually looks and works really well, I think tells me that this is the path they're going down. I don't think we're going to see too many more Fitbit smartwatches. It's all going to be, you know, the, like the, the charge kind of trackers, if you want those. And that'll be like your normal Fitbit thing. I guess the question is, are they going to get to a point where Wear OS is going to work on iOS again? Or did they just give up on that entirely? Yep, that's pretty much what I was go- where I was going. That's the only reason why I think they'll keep smartwatches around. Yeah, I, I I think maybe we'll have like one or two max, you know, and, and not even every year, just like, oh, here's a new model. And then maybe two years later, they'll announce another one with, I don't even know what added to it, you know, maybe a brighter display or something. My my prediction, they never make another Fitbit watch again. Six months from now, if it still doesn't work on iOS, somebody comes forward and tells you what Apple's doing to make it not work. Somebody from Google. Like the RCS conversation? Yes. They try to push it on, you know, make it Apple's fault, and it'll backfire probably, but that's my prediction of how it'll be handled. Right, but (laughs) but you know what? People that use an iPhone don't care. I know they don't. That's why it backfires. They just don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. The sensors on this are cool, right? Um, It's the same heart rate sensor, but... It has 25 times more LEDs on the underside of it. <clears throat> so it can, it can see under your skin way better, basically, is what that means, right? So they said 40% more accurate heart readings while working out. Um, they've redone the UI. It's got a skin temperature sensor now that, that tracks your temperature all the time. Um, it's got a CEDA sensor, so track your stress. Like, they've added all of the Fitbit stuff in here from the Sense 2. And... It, it even has, like, the, the body response score from the Sense 2. And they said it's going to be better than the Sense 2s because of that more accurate uh, heart rate sensor. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, all of this tells me this is the direction they're going. The fact that they specifically called out their existing Fitbit smartwatches and said, yeah, this is better than those, tells me. Yeah. And they're pretty much done that, with that's that. That's when <laughs> you knew, yeah. Right. But, I, you know, in, in their defense... Keeping a device like the charge is really smart. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't want a big smartwatch on their wrist while they're working out, but they want to track their health. So they 
you know, want something like a Fitbit charge anyway. So it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I think the only um maybe downside that I saw to this upgrade is that they didn't improve the repairability, which I know that has been a problem with the original Pixel Watch, and they specifically told us, uh, yeah, this is the same repairability score as the original, which, yeah, <laughs> not great. <laughs> I, I'm really curious about how much better the health sensors will work, especially the heart rate sensor, for people with darker skin. Yeah. And I wonder if the extra LEDs kind of will help for that. Or was that even a conscious decision? Look, we can do this and make it work better for more people. And if so, bravo. Good job. I feel like Google has been good about that. Um, they've, they've been pretty darn good about a lot of accessibility features. Obviously, yeah. they still have work because both you and I have yeah. issues using some of their products. But... You know, I, I think we'll get there. It, it, the company, the company's trajectory tells me that they are trying to do this stuff. And there's just a lot, you know, there's a, there's a lot to think about with these products. There's a lot to design for. I can't even imagine being on this product team going, okay, we got to rework this. Oh, great. How are we going to do that? Yeah, it, it makes me really sad. I, I've looked at a bunch of hands-on for the watch, saw no icons of a wheelchair whatsoever anywhere. So it's a product that I can't buy and use, and it looks right. really nice, and I'd like to, but I can't. Yeah, and that's, that's it. I mean, maybe we'll get that next year. I don't know, but that was not something mentioned or even hinted at. Yeah, I, you know, they, they, they have to work on it. I know Apple's working really hard on it. I'm going to assume that Google is. Uh, luckily for me and everybody else in my position, Garmin got it figured out first, and yes. you can buy a watch that works really well for you if you're in a wheelchair. And hopefully very soon, Apple and Google and Samsung and the rest will have it figured out. Totally. Uh, okay, let's talk about the thing that I'm very excited to talk about, actually. Uh, and I know Andrew is as well, which is... Um, so, Andrew wrote this. Um, we, we got the news pretty much last minute before the Pixel event happened yesterday. Uh, but it was one of the new features that was announced... The title of his article is um, Google Assistant is finally getting the Bard upgrade we've been waiting. Um, so essentially, Google has announced that it's bringing Bard to Google Assistant. Soon, users will be able to interact with other Google services while using Assistant. This is made possible by the generative AI powering Bard while doing so with a conversational interface. Assistant with Bard is expected to be available in the coming months on both iOS and Android. And this is really really cool and exciting because i think this is something that we've been talking about since you know yes. we knew about bard since we knew about chat gpt since we knew what microsoft was doing and everyone kept asking like where's integration like how is this integration going to happen um andrew what, what are your thoughts on this i am really effing excited for it <laughs> because I forget if it was last week, it might have been two weeks ago, because Google's been pushing a lot of updates to Bard lately. Um, but they recently, within the last month or so, enabled extensions. So yeah. now you can ask Bard to, like, I can ask it to show me my, re my, my most recent emails. I can say, hey, like, I can, it's all typing out, so there's no assistant integration, which is part of what I'm excited about. I can, you know write out a list of things and tell Bard to create like a project 
in tasks or even in Google Docs or something like that. Like I've been playing around with it here and there when I have the time. Um, but we've been complaining about Assistant for so damn long. I think it just it, it just me it it just seems like a natural progression into what Assistant would do. I mean, I feel like that's what Assistant was to begin with but it was like not that great and then now that we have barred it's like going to be even better and there's going to be a real use case scenario for assistant like i i mean i don't think i ever use assistant or any type of assistant like i just don't use it and i feel like now i i'm more inclined to use it because of this awesome integration i mean i i use it to turn off lights and to set timers and okay yeah to, timers to, ask, to set and to ask to ask the weather yeah, but yeah. I'm excited to see what like it looks like, what what the interaction is like. If it's how slash if it's different from what we have with Assistant now, am I going to have to? What What do you think it's going to be like? I think it's going to be exactly what we've been wanting because it's Google. They know us. I'm I I don't I haven't spoken to anybody about it. Like at Google, I'm I'm sure they know Assistant sucks, and I'm sure that they were planning on doing this all along at some point. And then OpenAI forced their hand, so they pushed Bard out early. And now they're finally getting Bard to the point where they're comfortable with it as a standalone in your web browser or whatever. And now it's time for them to make the next step. Like you said, natural progression. Bard's coming to Assistant, which in theory, if everything goes according to plan, at least my plan, it'll be the upgrade to Assistant that we've been wanting. I have a question for Jerry, specifically. Uh-oh. God help us. <laughs> <laughs> My question to you, Jerry, is um, the part of this news announcement indicated that it was um, <clears throat> it's going to be available in the coming months on both iOS and Android. Do you think that Apple is going to do something about this well it, it's uh, uh right up front it's going to be very limited on ios it's going to have access to all of your google account features that that's about it it's still not going to be able to work home kit devices uh it's it's not gonna you know the the things that don't work now aren't gonna magically work well what they, i mean is like do you think apple is going to create its own version of bar oh, so that you no, can no okay. apple has no interest in this because Consumers think it's cool, but most people have the attention span of a caterpillar, and it's cool, and then they forget about it. And okay. most people don't really want it. They, they don't know that they want it. Let's let's put it that way. They would probably use it if they knew more about it, but the just consumer attention span it is what it is. True. I I think though that Bard is. What they're doing is working on their very weakest point. Google is the biggest and best AI company in the world. You don't think they are because what they do isn't flashy and in your face. Uh, this this will be in your face if you're a tech enthusiast. And that's where Google has been weakest when it comes to AI. All the other AI things they're doing, like with the, the Pixel and with, you know... Uh, Everything that they showed in the Pixel 8 basically uses AI. Everything on your Pixel 6 uses AI. Right. They're very, very good at that. 
and they have always been since the early days when they decided they were going to, you know, delve into, you know, actual hardware. Sure. Well, this is why Tensor has such a crazy TPU. Like, if you compare right. that to any Qualcomm chip, it, the difference is laughable. Like, Tensor destroys those chips. Yeah, the, the the Tensor is a better phone chip than even Apple's Bionic because it doesn't focus on being overkill in the power department. It focuses on what Google wants the phone to do. Right. You and I may not like that, and we may not agree with Google's decision, but from Google's perspective, Tensor is the best phone chip on the market. Uh, this, this is interesting. I don't think that people are... I think the idea of what Bard and Assistant mashup can do is actually better than the execution is going to be. And I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed. But it appears that Google is listening to feedback. So that's not a bad thing. Right. People will say, oh, it can't do this. This sucks. This sucks. If Google really cares, and I think they do, or they wouldn't even bother with this. This doesn't really make them any money or, or you know, increase their users in any way. So it's not a big deal to them. They're just doing it to please customers. So for me, the most impressive thing in all of this, like Bard, Google Assistant, whatever stuff in the presentation was the Fitbit integration. So like he had that prompt where he asked, you know, hey, today's run felt harder than usual. How does it compare with my previous runs? And then Bard is able to use Assistant and all of Google's other services to aggregate this data and go, hey, by the way, um, your pace is a little slower today. Um, there was some elevation gain in your run. So it's possible that could happen, you know, that, that could play a part in it. But you also didn't sleep as well recently. And like, Compared to all of your other stuff, this is probably why. And like just seeing that, I went, holy crap. And like that's, <laughs> that's all data that Google has already aggregated. Right. And could display to you any way they wanted to. It's all there for you to find yourself too. Doing it this way looks really impressive. It looks really impressive. And I think that, that to me was like, okay, I've been asking for a long time, who would pay $10 a month for Fitbit Premium? What is the point of this service? If this is the kind of thing that it gives you, that's actually really valuable. Like, right, it makes I it could see worth paying money. for this now. I couldn't understand it before this, but now it makes sense. So ChatGPT and Bard and, and, and Bing, they all hallucinate in some form or fashion. Yeah. What, I guess the question is like, what can they do or how can Google feel comfortable? It, of course, it's, they said it's coming in, like it's, it's going to be here in the coming months, quote unquote. But like, what can they do to combat that? Are they going to like throw messages or have Bard tell you, Hey, this might not be right. Or like, how can they combat that for when it's on our phones or, hmm. or whatever? Well, they, they don't really have to, let's use Nick's example here. An alternative to what they, you know, they showed where Fitbit premium and Bard together can, tell you useful information about why you felt worse after your run. The alternative is they could say, I don't know, but let's work on doing better the next time. Right. That that's, that's completely feasible. And if it doesn't know, it needs to just tell you it doesn't know. Uh, you can't let it hallucinate. That's the word they use. And it's, it's a pretty descriptive term. That's right. 
you can't let it do that for something like Fitbit Premium and suggest you do things that aren't going to help. So what they need to do is is let it just say, I don't know. Or I, you know, I, I can't help you with that or whatever. Yeah. Or, okay. you know, let, let's, let's explore, you know, your, your sleep and let's talk more about your sleep. It can do that and then it can get you to ask questions it can answer. But if it can't answer the question with 100% accuracy, it needs to just not answer the question. The, the, the cool thing, though, is, is I'm going to stick with this example. It can answer that question with 100% accuracy because it has already gave, gathered all that data about you and it already has incorporated it into a database. And all it has to do is run a query and see things that don't match with the normal and then throw those in your face and boom, there's your answer. Yeah, and I, I, get, I get that. I was thinking more so outside of that. Like, I can't come up with a specific example at the moment, but, like, outside of the those situations where Google already has the data for it to, to show you, because they're gonna ha the hallucinations are going to happen, and they'll continue to happen for a while. I don't know how long, but it'll happen. But I didn't know. I, I guess that makes sense. Like, the, all they'll do is say, and if they should do is say, you know, we can't answer. I can't. I can't help you with that, or we can't answer right. that. And the only way to fix that is in the the training of the model. And unless you get one billion people to feed the data into this model one piece at a time, it has to rely on the internet. And the internet sucks. Yeah, you're you're listening to this over the internet, and I'm gonna tell you, the internet sucks. Sure. There is most of the information on the internet is bull. And that's what these things get trained on. That's why they hallucinate so often in such spectacularly funny ways. Right. You know, it's like the Microsoft thing a while, like years ago, when they oh, trained yeah. it on Reddit or whatever, and it just turned into the worst person ever. But they had to. There's no other way to train these things. They, they need to refine that and build some sort of score for the things it reads from the Internet that this is trustworthy because you got it from, you know, CBS. This isn't as trustworthy because you picked it up from Mashable and they say it's a rumor. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like com community notes, the community notes kind of thing that, that X, formerly known as Twitter, has yeah. had. I don't know if they still do because Elon keeps it, screwing with stuff. And I, I'm sure that they have a better idea than me about how to fix it. Yeah. And that they're working on it. But in the meantime, they just have to learn to say i don't know okay but what i'm also curious about is what kind of uh response times are we looking at for for these types of queries right because right now a lot of queries take a pretty significant amount of time like when you ask google assistant to turn a light on or you know what the weather is or whatever Typically, the wait time is one second, right? Sometimes less. There's not very much time in between you asking the thing and it giving you a response. Whereas with a lot of generative AI stuff, including Bard, sometimes you'll ask a query and it'll sit there and spin and spin a little longer. And then it will start generating stuff, but it doesn't generate stuff instantly when it starts giving you a response. It, starts, it almost looks like it's typing it out, right? Yeah, like, it it's has like, to fetch that information. And depending right. on where it fetches it from, yes. it's going to take a while. And that was, so during those um, little feature presentations I was talking about at the hands-on yesterday, 
One thing I noticed was that with all of those things, audio magic eraser, uh, best take, you know, all of those AI features that are in the Pixel 8, they took longer than I expected. You know, because in that presentation, when they show it to you, they're like, oh, click, 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 check, check out my new image. And I know obviously that's part of a presentation and showing you how cool a feature is, but I think in practice, there's probably going to be some users that go and use this, and they're like, this takes too long. I don't want to use this anymore. Which is, maybe that's why it's not on the regular Pixel. It's possible. Like, it, it already takes a slow. while. Yeah. You know, the more complex it is, the more time it's going to take. That's just of course. how things work. <clears throat> of course. But, and I know some of these things are going to get on device processing because most of those features they announced yesterday are just is just the phone sending data to the cloud waiting for the cloud to compute it, sending the data back, right? So there's there's that latency of having to deal with that. Obviously, a cloud computer is way more powerful than anything your phone's ever going to have. But Google is training its AI models to work better on Tensor. And I think the hope is once they put those in a feature drop in the next three, six months, whatever it, it happens, that maybe that time will get cut down significantly. You are, you are three for three, dude. I was literally ah! about to say... I was going to say it's going to assistant with Bard's going to run better on the G3 than any other Android phone. Yeah, the the flip side is it was built to run this stuff. Right. Right, of course. It was designed to do this stuff. Now they just have to get it perfected. Whereas, you know, their previous models weren't designed to do it, they still could, but maybe not efficient. Speaking of future drops, let's talk about the next topic cuz I'm sick of this. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Man, truth is tired of nerd nerding out <laughs> no i'm just kidding but i know that you guys have i have a lot to say about we have next, other things to cover yes the other the other topic that we're going to talk about as well which is um with respect to feature drops as well obviously uh it is um harish wrote an article for um his weekly column called hardwired if you haven't read his weekly columns you should do that um uh, he titled his article, the Pixel, sorry, Pixel 8 and 8 Pro will get Android OS updates until 2030. That's a game changer. Um, basically, they announced that um, 8 and 8 Pro will get seven years of Android OS security and feature drop updates. And that is significantly more than any other phone available, including the latest iPhones. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know you guys have a lot to, to talk about that. So let's circle back to what we had said earlier. I know, Jerry, you scoffed. You thought it was... Yeah, this is the dumbest thing Google has ever done. That's why? not true. Yes, it is. It's not true. It's not yes, true. It because tell, tell us they, why it's true. I want to hear they it. They promised you in 2030 that your Pixel 8 is going to get updated. What? That's Android 21? And it's going to run like garbage. Yeah, but they didn't say that it's going to run smoothly. You are going to have a useless phone. That's why Apple is... And you, you, you listening, you might not want to hear this. Apple is the only company that does it right. They build an update that's missing these new features and give it to an older phone, and it acts as a, a security patch, a security update, a bug fix, and that's what you have to provide for support. It's my opinion that if a phone uses a Google-designed processor, Pixel 6, 7, 8, Pixel A, whatever phone uses a Tensor, those should be supported for 10 years minimum. By support, I mean you get critical fixes. Yeah, security updates, updates, right? You get security updates, bug fixes. You get all of that stuff. When it comes time for a complete OS update, it needs evaluated. Can this 
phone do this feature? If not, they either build an update without that feature or they don't send it. You can't just say seven years. You, you have to evaluate that each and every time. And they've, they've well, maybe they're going to do the that. Foot. Well, they've, they've already made a promise. No. So their, their promise, word for word, was we are expanding Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro support to seven years of OS upgrades, feature drops, and security updates. That does not say that these are going to be one-to-one with new phones. In fact, I think they've already laid the groundwork here for what you're saying by gatekeeping features from the smaller 8. That's the only way it'll work, and that's not good. Yeah. The, the people that they're trying to please by doing this are going to be very, very pissed. At, but that's what Apple already does. And, and a lot of people make fun of Apple for that. <laughs> you had to get an update for your battery. Ha, 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 ha. No, 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 no. They gatekeep, they gatekeep features. Like, you, you're not going to get the 15 Pro features. You didn't get Siri on the iPhone 4. Right. It, it runs Siri just fine. In fact, they early beta testers on the iPhone 4 use Siri, and it worked yeah, incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. well. I remember that. A- Apple held it back because it makes the overall processing capabilities very slow while while doing it. If you were doing something in the background and said, hey, Siri, everything's going to slow down. Apple didn't like that. They didn't give it to you. The internet caught fire about how evil and stupid Apple is for doing that. When Google does the same thing, the The internet internet is going to have this. The internet's going to have the same response. And the people they're trying to please by doing this are the very same people that are going to get pissed off by how it has to be done. Yeah, but this is what we wanted when they announced, when, when the rumors for Tensor, before it was called Tensor, this is what we wanted from Google. Well, this, this is not what I wanted. I wanted the phone to be supported forever. It is, it, in the world of phones, it is. Seven years of updates, even if it's security updates, is a long time, especially in Android. That's, yeah, and I love seven years of security updates. I love the idea of five years from now, a bug crops up on your phone, whether it be a security issue or just user interface issue, whatever. Google has already promised you they're going to fix it. That idea is great. Google saying, here's Android 21 for your seven-year-old phone is is not going to have the effect. The response Google is hoping. Maybe not. I, I thought this quote was also interesting, though, right? Um, they, I don't remember where Harish got this, but somebody at Google, oh, okay, Google spokesperson confirmed to Harish, they said, the whole point of Pixel is not to sell you as much hardware as possible, but to give people the best possible way to access Google services. I just thought that was fun. I mean, we all yeah. know that. But They're it, buying eyeballs, not selling right. phones. It was just, I, I read that and I was like, oh, it feels like they finally said it. Maybe they have, but I don't know. I, I feel like that was the first time I ever read that yeah. being said by Google. <laughs> I don't know if you watched the Michael Fisher, uh, Mr. Mobile, interviewed Rick Oster, though. Yeah. And put, that video went up last night and Rick basically came out and said the same thing. Like, yeah, we, we this is the best way to access all of your Google stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, we... Don't pay enough attention to what Rick Oslo says and thinks. Uh, I, t- I spoke with him way back when Google first bought Motorola assets. What was that? That was the Moto X, I think. Yeah. What was it? And they knew it back then. Even when, before it was an official Google product, it was a Google product in name designed to make users happy with Google services so they use more of them. So the man's smart. 
the man probably has made a ton of money for Google by having that insight. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I just, I think you're misguided. It's okay. I know I'm right. I don't need your approval. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping for more of a, I was hoping for more of a I've, spar than that. I've, I have physically tried to update elderly hardware in the field, and I know how horribly wrong that goes. Yeah. And this is going to be no different. I just look at it from a different perspective, I guess. And neither, I don't think either of us are wrong. I just. Right. I, I, I see the positives that you see as well. I just think the way they made the promise is, was very dumb. I would, I, I don't have much opinion here, except that I don't know how effective it will be on an older phone. That is, and I, and that's where I would agree with you. Um, Jerry, because so like just on a completely separate side note, completely derailing on the conversation, I used to be a telecom reporter back in the day. And one of the things that I used to report about is what happens to phones when you switch from one, um, like, like when you switch, when, when the network switches from 3G to 4G and, and it no longer supports 3G devices. And Every the, this whole conversation is making me think about that, about how yeah. an older device is just not going to be as functionally sound in 2030, even if it is getting the support it requires. Like, I just I just don't really see I like I get that Google is doing this in good faith and it's great and it's lovely. And I'm very happy that they're offering this opportunity. I just don't think it's sustainable at us at some point a user has to update their phone. It's not because we want you to spend more money. It's because you need to be able to be compatible with the upcoming softwares, the upcoming technology, the upcoming network, the speeds, all of that. The functionality needs to be supported for your device. And if your device is that old, I just don't see how great it's going to perform. And that is the only opinion I can think of. And that's the only reason why I... That, that's great. I agree. A great with, analogy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to this. That, that's all I was thinking about. Like when Canada was going through its change from four, like right now we're going through our change between converting everything from 4G to 5G. Phones are still working because 4G networks are still there. But at some point, 4G networks are not going to be there. And devices that don't have 5G support are not going to function on a 5G network. They're just not. It's not. It's physically Im impossible because that technology does not exist on the phone. Right, and th this isn't that drastic. You know, your phone's still going to turn on and work. It's just going to work very poorly unless they do something to keep those features off of your phone. Yeah, and that's and, gonna piss and people off. this is where this is where I agree with Andrew and his perspective, or or not Andrew. I think it was Nick who said it, which is. This is why they're gatekeeping certain updates or certain maybe. things on certain devices because, you know, an, maybe a Pixel 8 can't, you know, isn't able to support the features of the Pixel 8 Pro, you know, in the, in the long term. I don't know what, whether that's the, the case or not, but I, yeah, I just, I just don't know. I, I get both sides of the argument, but I lean more on Jerry's side because I just don't understand how that old of a phone can work on really new technology. Like it just, I really like what Samsung did in this situation with, I think it was the note 10 or the note 20 and the, uh, 
S7 Edge, didn't those get bug fixes and security patches like forever? Didn't they? Didn't the seven, the S7 Edge, get one this year in 2023? It's not getting an OS update, but it's going to work as good or better as the day when you bought it. And that's really what I think it, the heart of the problem, the, the, the issue. It's that you buy a phone today, you don't know what people are going to find tomorrow yeah. that's messed up. Yeah. That has to be fixed. That has to be addressed. They, they change the, the way things happen on the web and... It injects security issues. They need to change how the phone handles it. That has to be done. That has to be fixed. That doesn't mean that my Pixel 6 should get Magic Eraser in video because even if they can do it, I'm not going to be happy with the result. Also, I'm not encouraging people to like spend money and whatever, but I, I mean, I would encourage you to switch your phone at least every four years. Like upgrade it. Your provider, I'm sure, has deals that are, you know, given to you at a rate where you don't have to pay for anything. But I think you should upgrade your phone. I think it's a it's a good way of staying in tune with with the upcoming technology. And like, listen, there's nothing wrong. Like my dad still has phones from like 10 years ago. OK, he still uses. Oh, dad. I like your dad more every week. <laughs> he still has stuff from like 10 years ago, dude. And if it still works, use it's, it. If it still works, use it. But also on the other side, like it is good to update your phone. It is good because of yeah, keeping, it, you know, keep more in line with what Jerry's saying, like. So that if there are any major bugs or anything, you don't have to worry about it, you know? And you're going to see cool stuff on stages from Samsung and Google and Apple and everybody else. And if you want, if you think those are really, really cool, you're, you buy a new phone to do it. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's when you should upgrade, when you have to. Yeah. So, something I just, I know we need to wrap up and move on to the next topic, but something I just thought about is, what if Google's doing this? Because eventually all of the things that we want like me, I'm complaining about the features on the 8 Pro. What if they're just handled by cloud, by the cloud? Yeah, I can see that happening too. So like you can, you, you, you can, I, I mean, I, nobody knows what, what Google's going to look. Hell, the Pixel might not even be a thing in seven years. But Wouldn't what that if, be something? What, what, yeah. like, maybe, Google is, is not going to be able to go out of business for the next seven years. That's not what I'm they, saying. They have to stay around so they can update their Pixel 8. I'm just saying, what if it's, yes, it's on device with Tensor, but what if they, the cloud gets improved to the point where we can do all this stuff that we want to do? Yeah, that, but also what if they do it in the way that Microsoft does it, where you can pay for a certain amount of money and then you just download all the features onto your phone? They'll, they will be out of business because their building will get burnt <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> Android fans are crazy. Mm. They'll, they'll charge those offices <laughs> and burn them to the ground. No, you can just charge it like what? Like, let's say you charge $1 per new feature or maybe even like $3 per new feature. You, I'll tell you what, Truthy, go to Reddit and suggest that. <laughs> go to Reddit and suggest that Google should charge a dollar for I Magic Eraser. I would love Eraser. to hear what the, you know, the, the, the people on like the Android subreddit. But think. isn't that already a thing though? What is it? Google, um... Yeah, what is Google One? Google One, right? Yeah, they already have that, don't and, they? And 
apparently you never went to Reddit to see what they thought about what did, it. What did they what did they say? Well, that's Google is evil. It's like Call of Duty loot boxes, <laughs> and and it was just and it, it, they're they're right. They're absolutely right. Loot fair, boxes. Fair. If Google can offer that, they should just offer it. If you gave them. 900 bucks yeah phone. that's true that's true i mean but again to be fair not a lot of people are spending 900 dollars they're right they're going it through their provider but that being said yeah I, I agree with you all right real quick i want to say two things here before we move away from this we give google too much credit for updating all google did was pay samsung more money and and we know this we know how that situation works you know lsi samsung's group that builds processors handles most of the baseband upgrading on the processor or SOC combination. Google has nothing to do with that. Samsung does it and Google has just paid them more money so they'll do it longer, which means Google could pay them more money and they would update your Pixel 6 too, and they didn't. And uh, I've already heard several people, I think Nick said it too, about Fairphone. Fairphone updates their phones as long as they physically can and they even work around Qualcomm to update them. But a Fairphone is nothing more than the base features Android offers. They don't have magic erasers or temperature sensors. It is a good basic Android phone. You can upgrade those until, you know, the sun stops shining. Because there's nothing there that's going to tax the hardware. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break, guys. I know we talked a lot, but I want to talk about one last thing, and we'll be right back. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. Indeed's streamlined hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed data from the U.S. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S.'s Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com ACP. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, um, let's talk about our very last topic, which I think Nick is going to dominate in this conversation, and that's totally fine. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this, Nick which is the launch of the MetaQuest 3. And um, Nick, you wrote the hands-on. Uh, you titled it MetaQuest 3 Hands-On, a true next-gen console upgrade. Um, talk to us about it. What are your thoughts? All right, I'm going to save most of my thoughts for next week when I review it. Okay. Because we're getting long here anyway. But high-level overview. If you pick one of these up... I think you're going to be surprised by a few things, right? You're going to be surprised by the size. It is really impressive how much smaller this is than the Quest 2. Like, it's, especially if you, like, if you take the, the facial interface off, the, you know, the, the padding that goes on your face, and you just look at the size of the headset, it's, it's almost hilarious how much smaller it is than the Quest 2. 
Um, so that that's a huge improvement, right? Um, you're also going to be really impressed by the clarity. Um, I've said it before. I think any VR enthusiast will tell you this. Pancake lenses, which are the you know flatter, uh, wider, clearer lenses that are used in headsets like this now, are so much better than the Fresnel lenses used in headsets like the Quest 2 and older lenses. It's... I don't even, it's like going from muddy water to clean tropical water. Like, it's ridiculous how much better it is, okay? And then on top of that, it's 30% higher resolution uh, display. The black levels are better. Um, thank God it's still LCD or else I probably couldn't use the thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the chipset inside is 100% faster than the one in the Quest 2. Um, at launch, you, you know... Just like with the Quest 2, you'll probably see some games that utilize that better than others. It's just kind of a natural transition in consoles. Um, I will say from the hands-on, uh, Red Matter 2, which is like um, it's like an action-adventure game. There's a lot of puzzle-solving. There's some combat. Um, it takes place in space. There's like some zero-gravity stuff. Um, those developers have been absolutely amazing with every basically every headset release all the like little pico headsets and stuff like that that haven't been as big of sellers as the quest every time something comes out they release an update for their game that you know plays to the strengths of the headsets the update for red matter 2 on the quest 3 it it looks so much better it's almost indescribable like going from seeing this on a quest 2 to a quest 3 is just crazy it's literally like PS1 to PS2 or PS2 to PS3, whatever, right? Like, it's, it is that difference of gra graphical fidelity. Uh, everything is clearer. You can read text on every object you pick up. You can pick up the bottles and, like, see the dirt on, on the outside of them. Um, all the textures are just super high resolution. Like, I was really, really impressed with that particular demo. And I think that level of visual fidelity is what we can expect a year or two from now from most games, especially the, the bigger games. And we'll probably, you know, begin to see that with some of the, the, the larger name games. I don't know about um, Assassin's Creed. I'm not sure how much they're optimizing it for the Quest 3 for launch because that game has been in development for so long. Um, but, you know, I got to play that. That was really, really cool. It's exactly what I wanted an Assassin's Creed VR game to be like. Uh, it's going to make a lot of people feel funky <laughs> because you're jumping off buildings and stuff. And oh if you gosh. don't have VR legs, yeah, good luck. <laughs> um, what if I you mean, wear that vest that hurts you when you fall? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it has support for those, those or not, but... Um, yeah, I would say if you're planning on playing that game and standing up, definitely make sure you are good with a lot of movement, a lot of stuff like that. It may be better for some people to just play it seated because I can imagine like, you know, think of any Assassin's Creed game when you're climbing up like those wooden posts that stick out of a wall, right? And now you're standing on that wooden post. That's what your character is doing and you're looking through their eyes. Yeah, that's so creepy. And so it's it feels crazy but yeah. like jumping off of a building and like you know you, you hold down the grip button and fling out your your hidden blade and that that whole uh, just sequence of events is so cool i can't wait to do it so there oh yeah i'll talk about it more next week but i yeah. think that's that's good that's cool <laughs> all right well on that note let's talk about the things that made us happy this past week um who wants to go first i'll go first 
Wow, that was the uh, that was the fastest. I'll go yeah, first from because you because this this is super cool. Makes me really happy. Uh, we got rid of that stupid Kia <laughs> that that <laughs> you can still you can break into it with a, a freaking tennis ball or whatever <laughs> because they won't fix the door locks. That's not why we got rid of it. It just it. I needed to do something with the timing chain on it, and I didn't want to spend the money on a, a vehicle that old, so we traded it in. We got a Subaru WRX with the performance package on it. <laughs> oh my God, that car is fun. You are, I have never heard you, like, you literally sounded like a kid in a candy store. Just Oh, now. I love, I'm a car guy. <laughs> I, I, I'll be the first one to say it. I'm a gearhead. I'm happiest if my hands are covered with grease. But this car, it was one of those, you, when you go to the dealer, you take a test drive and then you order a car. It was that car. So technically it's used. It's a 2023, but it's used. It had like 814 miles. Got a really, really good deal with the full warranty and everything. It's bright red, got performance exhaust, got a plate under the engine. I want to get that thing out into the woods and just tear the F out of everything <laughs> and drive crazy. And Man, on the road, I don't know. I, I never really paid much attention to Japanese cars. This thing is fast. Oh, my God. This thing God. is quick. I can zip in and out of traffic. I know it, I, could, I could run from the police in this car. Oh, my God. Don't say that. Oh, I totally would. In this car, I would. I would just jump the guardrail and take off like, you know, Dukes of Hazard, oh make God. those big jumps, whatever. But I love this car, and I wish that I had done this earlier when I started getting mad at that Kia. Don't don't buy a Kia. We're happy you got a new car. Okay, who wants to go next? I can go. Um, so last week I was in New York, as I said earlier, but I was in New York on vacation. Um, probably the worst week to pick for vacation <laughs> for many reasons. But um, it, it, we got to see lots of family that I haven't seen in years. And it was just, it was really nice to see them. Um, I get along with most of my family, which I think is not common um so you know just just spending time with them i wish i got more than a week um eating good food with everybody like it, it was just it was a nice relaxing week i needed it especially going into this insane month that i won't name the name of for jerry's sake it's <laughs> lactober that's right so yeah that's there we go that's it lovely okay andrew your turn i'm sick no oh, well that's not that's not that's not the right response the Orioles are in the playoffs for the first time in years, and oh, I am really excited. Well, that's good. Hockey season also starts in eight days. Go Caps. Hockey Nobody cares about the Maple Leafs. Hockey season, Maple Leafs. Are trash, because they're choke artists. And <laughs> Oh my gosh. And the Ravens are doing really well, so sports-wise, I'm, I'm covered, even though I'm, I'm sick at the moment. Excellent. I'm glad to hear. Um, I dare you to bet a bunch of money on the Orioles next game. I am betting a bunch of money to try and go to the game on Sunday. Oh, are you? Well, good luck. Yeah, I, I would like to. I w it's been years. I've got a kid on the way. I don't know if I'm going to ever be have this chance again. Um, I'm going to go through my office and find some stuff to try and see if I can get rid of, like sell, so I can actually go. Tickets are like one thirty-five, which is way too expensive. Um, I I imagine Camden Yards is going to be a freaking blast. Yeah, that it, it's it again. It, it I. It's going to be cheaper. It's cheaper than if the Ravens like going to a Ravens playoff game, which I've never been to. But I'll pay one thirty five for nosebleed seats to be yeah, at an Orioles playoff this game. This experience 
would be worth a hundred bucks. I like agree. for for somebody who is has I've been an Orioles fan since like '98 when me and my family moved up here from from Georgia because uh, we I was a, I was a Navy brat, um, and I I would uh, I just want to try and go. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to, but I'm um, I'm gonna try. Well, do it if you can. You've been to Camden Yards, right? Yeah, a million. Uh, it's a it's a great place to it's start fantastic. with. This the playoffs game, I I think that that thing is just going to be on fire and well worth a hundred bucks. I just got to yeah, I just got to see if I can swing it um, again. And I'm I, I'm sick, so if I'm still dealing with this, I'm not going to be able to go anyways. Oh yeah, you can get everybody else sick. Who cares about them? Oh my god! Yeah. <sighs> Enjoy I mean, yourself. Oh my god! I mean, god. yeah, I'm not trying to give everybody bronchitis and sinus infections and sinusitis. 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 You care too much about other people. Just, just. Yeah, you know. because it's going to be eighty thousand people packed, shoulder to shoulder. Anyways, um. So the thing that made me happy this past week is, um, I mean, it's my favorite month in the entire world, October. Um, Halloween's my favorite holiday. It's just, I love October. Everything about October is my favorite and that makes me happy. And uh, as part of my October uh, reading list, I started my first book for, actually, I've, I've read two books already, but I, my third book is the start of my spooky season books that I'm reading for the month and the first book of that collection is titled Bunny and it's by an author she is a Canadian author uh, and her name is Mona Awad and it is truly a fever dream and it's so good and I am devouring it and it's actually really nice that she is a Canadian author and I love supporting our Canadians um and yeah that's oh oh one more thing and i've been journaling this month or i i started journaling last week and for the month of october and i've been doing it based on prompts per day and i find that that's very helpful and um it's been nice to to be able to just sit and think and write every day in the morning i really appreciate it okay on that note um Thank you very much for listening to us wherever you are, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, or night. We really appreciate you taking the time and listening to us. And we'll catch you guys really soon. 